Last week, um, we just introduced Psalm 90, and Lord willing, um, we'll come back to Psalm 90 and look at it in in more uh, detail. But we're using a theme out of Psalm 90, if you want to look there uh, right now, if you join me there. When you look at this, uh, this great uh, book, the obvious theme that comes out of Psalm 90 is what I'm, I'm taking and looking at three major points, not just out of the psalm, but out of the theme as we look at the preponderance of Scripture and what it says about the brevity of life. What it, what it says about the fleeting nature of our days. And so I've titled the, the lesson, if you will, Teach Us to Number Our Days, so that we'll be able to keep in view the brevity of life and be able to adjust our daily priorities with that in mind. It's just so important. And particularly when you're younger, I, I, we, we feel like we're going to live forever. And, um, and we have folks here that are younger. But even when you get older, you, you can get fatalistic about it. Look, you, you know, you, you, can th- you, can throw away, you can throw away the most fruitful years by vanity. You know, I see people do it all the time. Um, and so whatever age you're at or whatever your spectrum is, uh, the idea here is for us to look seriously at what God has said, the warnings that he has given to us that are attached to um, our frailty, the, the brevity of life. And it comes out of Psalm 90. We're going to look at a few other places, and then when we're through with this, we'll go back to Psalm 90. But look at Psalm 90 for me. I said last week it begins with the prayer of Moses, the man of God. And, well, that we could say that about ourselves, um, that we would be a man or a woman of God. And Moses... is credited for uh, writing this. This likely is the um, oldest piece of scripture in in the Bible. Um, It probably comes um, from his experience in Numbers chapter 20. Uh, Again, we'll we'll look at that. But in in here we see the eternality of God. We see the frailty of man. In man's frailty, we see his sinfulness. We see the certainty that that judgment is coming for our sinfulness. Um, the wages of sin is what? Death. Where would we be if there wasn't the other half of that verse? But the gift of God is what? Yes. Jesus Christ the Lord. And so we see all that in this, in, in this psalm, and then this, this psalm really ends on a high note, if you would, because in, in, in all that, we see, the, we see the mercy of God. And, and we see the long-suffering nature of God that loves his people and wants to bless his, bless his people. Just look at the opening there. <clears throat> Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations before the mountains were born or ever gave birth to the world, to the earth of the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. 
And so we talked about that last week. We, we, we read that. We read a number of scriptures on the front page of your handout. We, um, we, we looked at all of that, and then we looked at a number of uh, quotes that were um, designed to help us to um, think more deeply. And so this is what I left you with last week. You would look at those scriptures, think about um, the scriptures that we read from Job and from Psalm 103 and Psalm 39 and James 4, life being a vapor. And, and as, we, as we look at them and we thought of these, these quotes, uh, God's stamp eternity on my eyeballs. Uh, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep. Um, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ at last. At the very bottom of that page, I ask you a question. When you consider these scriptures that you just read and, and these quotes, how did they impact you over this week? Did, did any time during this week you think about all that? And, and if so, what, what were your thoughts? How did, they, how did, you, how did the scriptures... And, and all of that impact you this week? You're thinking, did you have any discussions about it? Did, did, it, did it change anything? Did it, did it bring any thoughts to your mind? Is there anything you'd be willing to share about that just to help us? Anything at all? I'm going to not pass the mic around. I'm gonna, I think we can hear if you'll just speak up. Yes, Brother Sims. Mark. Amen. So when we think about the brevity of, uh, of life, well, however long we're going to have, um, God in his sovereign decree, decrees plural, chooses to use us. Now, just that, if you want to ponder something for 10 minutes, ponder the creator God, the holy one, would use you or would use me. I mean, Why? I mean, you know, the, the scripture is pretty clear. If, um, if, if we didn't praise him and if we wouldn't um, submit to his lordship so that he could work through us, he could make the rocks praise him. You understand? He doesn't need us for anything. He could use a rock. In fact, we know a couple of places in the scripture where he used a big fish. Um, did he not? Another place where he decided to use a donkey. Um, but God chooses to use you and me. And so in the brevity of life, we're only going to have so many opportunities. We need to make sure we take advantage of them. Right? We need to, take, we need to be faithful in taking advantage of them. I, I'll tell you how it hit me this week. I was thinking... Um, Brother Sims and Brother um, Jim, because we're probably in a similar boat. I'm thinking the borrowed time. Um, we'll, we'll get into a little bit deeper on the 70 or 80 days, but uh, years that Psalm 90 said. But, you know, you get to a certain age and you recognize how gracious the Lord has been to you to give you these days, right? And, and, and he, didn't, he didn't owe you any days, and he's given you all these days. How many more days are you going to have? And you start thinking. And then if, you, if you're not careful, you do something that really isn't very smart. Um, you don't start thinking, well, let's see, you got, if he already gave me 70, I guess that means he'll give me at least 80. So at least for me, I've got six more years. Um, what a crazy way to think. No, I should think I don't have tomorrow. I, I, I better live for today. 
I, I shouldn't presume on God, which is exactly what we looked at when we looked at James 4 real quick, right? I, I shouldn't say that tomorrow I'm going to do this and that. I better say if the Lord wills, because if, if the Lord doesn't will, my heart's not going to beat one more time. It's all him. So, so we have, that, we have that, that grand thought relative to our life, but there was something else that hit me this week that I hadn't thought about before when I was teaching last week. There's another thing other than my death that could happen immediately that would uh, change everything for me and all other believers. What would that be? The rapture of his church, right? And, and should we be ready for that? We're supposed to live with, a, with an expectation, with a readiness that, that that could happen at any moment. So, I mean, that, that really comes along in, in, in the same lines, doesn't it, of, of, of this idea. All right, good. So look at the back page, if you will. And I want us to just look at this um, briefly. The um, three ways that the brevity of life ought to shape our our priorities. Uh, Number one, the brevity of life should diminish our efforts to strive after Wealth and the things of this world. Um, look at Psalm 39. It's also in your, your handout. We read that last week, but look at Psalm 39. Um, and verse 4 and 5. Lord, make me to know the end, my end, and what is the extent of my days. Let me know how transient or, or how... Um, frail I am. Behold, you have made my days as a hand breath, and my lifetime is nothing in your sight. Surely every man at his best is a mere breath. And so we, we, we see that, and when we hold that up compared to what it is that we often chase after, First Timothy um, Put it this way, First Timothy says, For you brought nothing into the world, and you cannot take anything out either. And so that's in the context. Of, so being, be content in what you have and, and, and use um, wisely your life. Look over at First Timothy chapter 6. Uh, I think we have time for this. It's just, uh, I think it's really... Powerful, really. It's, it has the idea. How, how do we set our priorities? Re- remembering there's a there's a brevity of life. Well, uh, Timothy is saying, uh, Paul is saying to Timothy a lot of things here. But look at at First Timothy chapter six, and um, I'm going to start for just a tad bit of context in verse six. Uh, remember, Moses, a man of God. In other words. Moses was a godly man. We want to be a godly man. What's, what's godly mean? Be, be Christ-like. Be, be like God. Um, grow in the grace and the knowledge and the truth of Christ. Become like Christ. Christ in me, the hope for glory. Faith by faith, I become more like him. That's, that's what we want to do as believers. And, and look what it says here in verse 6. But godliness accompanied... Uh, actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. 
I mean, it's hard to be content in the world that we live in here in our American culture. It's hard, it's hard to be content. And, and that lack of contentment, a, a great greed can grow in Americans' hearts, in American Christians, in our heart, in my heart. A great, a great greed, and we don't even recognize it's a greed, and that greed ends up, we end up pursuing uh, the things of this world and spending our time there uh, because of everything that's around us. Doug, next week, will be in Burundi. Nobody in Burundi, nobody in Burundi thinks that it's a normal thing for everybody to have a car. For that matter, nobody in Burundi thinks that everybody should have a house. Or if they do have a house, in the house, everybody's got a bedroom. Or if they have a bedroom, that everybody's got a bed. Or that if they have a refrigerator, it's got food in it. And you know that's most of the world, but that's not how we think. Am I right? And, and so if we're not careful, we get caught up in the bigger and better and almost feel like if we don't have things, we don't have enough, we're all susceptible to that. So we're fools if we don't acknowledge that we're susceptible to that temptation. I'm very acceptable to that, and I feel that. Do you feel that? Do you feel it? Do you, do you like comfortable? Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I don't even like it when Mark says something about persecution's coming, but do you think he's right? Do you think we're headed in a good direction? No, and, and persecution purifies. Do you understand that it purifies? Well, one of the things that it purifies us is it weans us off the need of things and, and, and plunges us to our God where we, we find everything we need. And so that's really what Paul is telling Timothy. And he reminds him, Contentment. Are you content? You have to be content. Why? Because remember this. Look at verse 7. For you have brought nothing into the world, so you cannot take anything out of it either. So if you have food and covering with these things, be content. Now look at the warning. Here's the warning. It goes right along with my first point. The brevity of life should diminish our efforts to strive after wealth and things. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with wealth. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with things. But the things and the wealth shouldn't own us. It's unto the glory of God. And we have to be careful in setting our priorities. And we should consider how we make those decisions with the brevity of life in view. And so he warns here, but those who want to get rich fall into temptation and the snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction for the love of money. Not money, the love of money, the love of things, the love of pleasure. When that becomes the driving force of our life, we'll waste our days. But when we consider the fact that we have an appointment with God, and even as believers, we'll give an account for our works, for the opportunity, he is the master. We are his servant. We are his, his slave. We're stewards of the resources that he gives us. And the master is going to ask Larry Brody, what did you do with the time I gave you? What did you do with the opportunities that I gave you? What did you do with the resources I gave you? Because in and of myself, I have nothing and I am nothing. Everything that I have and everything that you have all came from him. It's reasonable for him to ask to give an account. And, and so Paul's helping to instruct Timothy 
with that view. Look what he says in verse 11. He says, flee from these things. There's that phrase again, man of God. If you want to be a godly person, you, you flee from the love of things. That means you're going to, yeah, it, it, it's a, for, for an American, it's almost a besetting sin. It's, it, it's almost one of those things that is, as soon as you have victory over, you slide right around and, 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 and you fall back into again. And, and he says here, flee from those things, man of God. Pursue. I can't help it, I'm a preacher. So where you got pursue, put, put um, follow. Because then you're, you're fleeing something. You've got to put off and you've got to put on, right? There's something that you flee and there's something that you follow. And you follow, you pursue righteousness and godliness. But to do that, it's hard. And you're going to have to fight. So we flee. We follow and we fight, verse 12, the good fight of faith. Because we can't do this in and of ourselves. It's only the Spirit of God taking his word in us as we abide in the word, as we believe him by faith, as we walk by faith, that we're able to handle resources properly rather than the resources handle us. And if we keep in view the brevity of life, that will greatly help us. So I, I, I just make those points in the handouts. It's easy to get caught up into the American dream. Uh, it, it's easy to want to build bigger barns. We'll only just get through this one point today, but look over at Luke 12. It wasn't just Paul warning Timothy. Look at Luke 12. You're familiar with this. Um, a great chapter... And in this chapter, we see God's care for his people. If you look at verse 6, are not five sparrows sold for two cents, and yet not one of them is forgotten before God? Indeed, the very hairs of your head are numbered. Do not fear you're of more value than sparrows. So let's set this. This is Jesus is talking to literally thousands of people at this time. And he's saying, look, you don't have to be afraid. God cares for you. But in that care, you have a great danger. God has cared for us very well here. I don't think there's a person here that would say, God hasn't cared for me. I mean, I, I, what's my favorite song? I don't know. i got a thousand favorite songs. Do you have a thousand favorite songs? But how can one of them, if you're a believer, not be great is thy faithfulness? I mean, I fail. I'm frail. God's ever faithful and his mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. What an amazing truth. And, and that God, in the person of his son here, warns the crowd and warns his disciples about covetousness or greed. And, and look what he says in verse 15. Then he said to them, beware and be on guard against every form of greed. For not even when one has abundance does his life consist of possessions. Folks, he's speaking to people that compared to you and me have nothing. 
compared to you and me, he's speaking to people that have nothing. Now read that again, thinking of all that we have. Read that again. Beware and be on guard against every form of greed, for not even when one has an abundance, this will be good for you. Do you have abundance? Raise your hand. And they better buckle up. We got abundance, people. We have abundance. Even when one has abundance, does his life not consist of possessions? The abundant life class. Abundance is grace. Abundance is knowing God. Abundance is Christ. Abundance isn't the things we have, but it's very easy for that to get flopped around in our mind. And if, and if we're not careful, we end up like this parable. Heaven forbid, with the brevity of life and with what little time that we do have on the face of the earth that, that, that we end up like this man in 16. You're very familiar with this. And he told the parable saying, the land, the land of a rich man was very productive and he began to reason with himself, what shall I do since I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and I will build larger ones and then I'll have stores, I'll have more store for my grain and my goods. If we're not careful, that's the idea. I need another car. I need a bigger house. I need more clothes. I, I, I need whatever. We're tempted for that, aren't we? Look what verse 19 says. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. Please listen carefully and don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Those last few words describe Americans' retirement and their life ideal. This is what I do. I work hard to gather as much as I can in my barns and build them bigger and bigger so the day can come when I can. There it is. That's it. So the day can come when I can do what? when I can take my ease, sound like retirement? I can take my ease, I can go on cruises. I'm not against cruises, I'm not against retirement. I'm against the idea that the reason that we pursue things is so that we do nothing and we just take our ease. We, look what it says, we, we take our ease and we eat and we drink and we be merry. What doesn't it say? I'm finally free from having to have an employer. So now I can work for the glory of Christ and, and be way beyond my normal work years and share the gospel with a student that if I'd retired 15 years ago, I never could have. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We have men and women here that just, they, they labor for the cause of Christ I'm looking at one right here. I won't call out Doug Elder's name because he'd be irritated with me. Man gives hours to the ministry. He doesn't take it at ease. He works harder now. He works harder now 
than he did when he worked for BB&T. That's what I'm talking about. That's what Jesus is talking about. How do you want to spend your time? Because eternity's coming, payday's coming. I shouldn't even pull out one because I'm, I'm looking around and I could look at Danny and I could look at Brian and the, the list is almost endless. Claude, Claude, are you ever not in a nursing home ministering with music with your, your dear wife by your side? I, I mean, in every place I look here, there are people that are just giving their life for the glory of Christ and then not being like this rich man, but the temptation is real, is it not? The temptation is real. And that's, that's the point. That's part of the point of Psalm 90. Moses watched a million people die. He did funeral after funeral after funeral. And they'd wasted their life in disobedience rather than walking by faith. And he captured this psalm that we too might understand the brevity of life and as a result apply our days unto wisdom Look what Jesus says. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your soul is required of you, and now who will own what you have prepared? So is the man who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. But look, if you will, at verse 34. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And if we had time, we could look here and we could go to Matthew and it would see. We can store up treasure in heaven. We can send it ahead where we don't lose it. And when we keep the brevity of life in view, then that will be how we'll spend our days. So think about that and we'll pick up on point two next week. Father, give us the view of scripture, of the brevity of life, the significance of life, and the opportunity that you have placed in our hand. You have placed so many resources in our hand to be used for the glory of God, and it's so easy. We're tempted, Lord, to consume them on ourselves. I'm tempted that way. Deliver us from that temptation um, for your glory and for our good. For the sake of souls, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You're